Welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're in the Song of Solomon again. Yesterday, Andrew did a great introduction and told us that one of the things we can glean from this book being included in the canon of God's Word is that it shares a little bit with us about the character of God, that He would include this passage of Scripture that doesn't refer to Him by name, is very oriented around topics of sex and sexual desire and marriage and a physical attraction and a relationship between a man and a woman. Some people throughout history have thought that this shouldn't be included in scripture, but the fact that it is, is a testament to who God is and who he is wanting us to be. And that's interesting to consider. Today, I'm going to give you just a quick orientation. And, that, and we're not going to go through this verse by verse or chapter by chapter as we have with some other books, because there are some questions about how to interpret this exactly. And so I'm going to give you a quick orientation, and I'm going to encourage you to read through the Song of Solomon. It's only eight chapters. I think we might do one more devotion on a specific verse or a passage. But this will maybe help orient you to the Song of Solomon, and then you can read it on your own time and kind of put the pieces together, pull up a commentary, and kind of slog through it on your own. So in the Song of Solomon, there's basically four characters or speakers or writers. And one is a young woman, the beloved, and she is betrothed or engaged to a young shepherd. And then there is a group of others that kind of speak in from time to time. And then Solomon himself is referenced. Now, when we call this the Song of Solomon or the Song of Songs, there's some question about Solomon's actual involvement in the writing of this. So the Song of Songs is an, a Hebrew idiom like Holy of Holies or King of Kings. So that means that this is the greatest song. This is the Song of Songs. And when we say the Song of Solomon, it's been traditionally understood that Solomon is the author of it because it's called the Song of Solomon. But when you get into this book and you understand that there's a lot of writing and a lot of talk from the perspective of this shepherd, this young man who some have traditionally thought to be Solomon, the thing is that's problematic is that Solomon had 700 wives, and so it's hard to imagine, and several hundred concubines, it's hard to imagine Solomon writing with any credibility the way that this shepherd is speaking about his desire for this one woman as the one and only woman in his life, as this monogamous relationship kind of unfolds and goes from engagement to marriage and then is consummated physically. It's hard to imagine that Solomon, uh, with his promiscuous past and his promiscuous sexual life, would have anything to say about monogamy or just one woman, the way that this shepherd writes about that. So, this is probably Song of Solomon in the sense that this is from the period of Solomon. This is kind of like the wisdom literature of Solomon, and it might be in reference to Solomon, but uh, probably not written by him or specifically about a person in the book who is Solomon himself. Uh Another way to interpret this is that it's just a story between these lovers from start to finish. 
And it starts in chapter two, one and two. The lovers are yearning for each other. They're not married yet, but they're engaged. They're betrothed. Chapters three through six go into this shepherdess, this beloved, this young woman's dreams about being with this young man. And then chapter six through eight, they yearn for each other again, both of them. And then finally in chapter eight, they're married and this marriage is consummated physically and sexually. And so this kind of plays out according to that kind of plot line. There's another interpretation that suggests that the the book is just no plot. There's no linear storyline. And it's just a anthology of poems uh, about love. Uh, this is not typically the perspective that has been embraced by most evangelicals, but it is out there. So that's kind of an overview of what's going on in Song of Solomon. And you can read through it and uh, get more of it yourself. It's kind of racy in some spots. It's very uh, graphic. It describes a woman and a man and the love between them and even sexual details between them uh, with a little bit of detail. It is poetic and a little bit shrouded, but it's just all out there. And I think it's great that it, it helps us grapple with the fact that unlike it's been presented in some Christian circles, sexuality and sex and desire between a married man and a woman are, these are gifts from God that should be celebrated, not hidden or not something we should be ashamed of, or not something we shouldn't talk about, but that are gifts from God. Uh, but they're gifts that are meant to be enjoyed within a certain context. And that context is marriage. And so this is a book that can teach us and help us raise the value of sex and sexuality within the context of the correct boundaries that are pleasing to God. Some have suggested that this is also a metaphor or an allegory for God's relationship with Israel or Christ's relationship with the church. And if you remove the sexual aspect of it, uh, there is certainly some parallels that you could draw there. When I was in college, I was lucky enough, blessed enough to hear a presentation by a preacher named Tommy Nelson, who did a series through the Song of Solomon. And it was meant for married couples and for couples that were engaged to be married. My wife and I went through it with some friends, and it was a great training ground for Christian sexuality within the context of marriage. Tommy did a great job. He was funny. He was lighthearted. I'm going to put a link in the episode notes for anybody who wants to tap into that. I haven't been able to find the exact the exact series. It was on VHS tapes way back then. But since then, they've updated that. And we took a bunch of college kids through it several times because we wanted them to have a biblical view of sexuality and of marriage that was neither overly prudish nor overly promiscuous, but right down the line. Lord, will you help us as a church, as Christians, to think the right way about sexuality, about sex, about desire between a man and a woman, would you help more and more people live according to your guidelines and boundaries so that we can show the world that your design for these things is better than anything else the world has to offer because you are better than anything the world has to offer. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries. 
First is Christian Crusaders, where you can find weekly 30-minute worship services at christiancrusaders.org, and where you can hear engaging interviews and other content on one of our three podcasts. Second is Fresh Wind Worship, whose weekly worship services are available on their YouTube channel, Fresh Wind Ministries, and linked to their Facebook page, Fresh Wind Worship. Third is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for our 100th annual conference on Saturday, July 31st through Saturday, August 7th in 2021. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our fourth partnering ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and prayerfully consider financially supporting one of our partnering ministries. And check our episode notes for links and more details. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.